Welcome to Nonprofit U, a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host. I'm a consultant to nonprofits and I specialize in community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. You can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and Twitter, and I encourage you to follow us and to comment early and often using the hashtags Nonprofit U or Nonprofit Sustainability. You can also leave comments on blogtalkradio.com forward slash nonprofit underscore you. The chat room is open and you can post comments and questions. In order to use the chat room, you must open a listener-only account. You'll find a link to open the account on the page for this episode. You can also email me questions at consulting at ValerieFLeonard.com. Again, we'll be taking questions by phone and from our chat room at about the 20-minute mark or so. And the call-in number is 347-884-8121. When we speak of nonprofit sustainability, we typically think of an organization's ability to raise money. However, it's really much more than that. It's a combination of things. Fundraising, organizational infrastructure, adherence to mission and core values, credibility, leadership and management, all of these together give combinations staying power. Today's topic is nonprofit sustainability more than fundraising. Again, we encourage you to call in with questions at about the 20 minute mark. You can start posting in the chat room and emailing your questions now. Again, my email address is consulting at valerieflennert.com. And if you want to participate in the live chat, you must open an account. And the link is found on the episode page in the description of this episode. The call-in number again is 347-884-8121. Nonprofit and community development professionals are especially encouraged to call in and share your stories and strategies. So as I said before in the introduction, when we speak of nonprofit sustainability, we typically think of organizations' ability to raise money. It's a lot more than that, and even before we get to fundraising, we need to think about the organization's mission, vision, and core values, and I know that sounds cliche. And we also need to think about the infrastructure or those systems that we have in place to achieve the mission and vision, and we should ask ourselves if we have credibility in the marketplace. And sometimes it's not enough to ask ourselves, we need to ask the market. what they really think about us. And do we have the appropriate leadership and management in place? So it's a combination of these things that if done well, that attracts the funding and the investment that gives organizations staying power over the long term. So we're at a point of thinking about sustainability and where do we start? A good place to start is with the community needs assessment. All too often, we build programs and expect people to come. Or we continue the same programs that we've been doing for years and years and years without making sure that they're still relevant given the changes in the environment. 
we need to look at the community through the lens of the type of program that we're thinking about developing. And then we need to review the trends, news stories, statistics, issues, and organizations that are already doing the service, and then look at the quality that they provide, and then try to identify gaps. So again, this is not an area where you know we want to say that, oh, this is a great program. I have a hunch that this is going to work. We need to look at objective data and information in order to make a well-informed decision before we go and invest too much time, too many financial resources in a program. So one of the things we want to do is make sure that we conduct our own research. You know, it's well and good to read scholarly journals. That's very, very important, you know, to understand, you know, I guess the science behind what it is we do and all of that ivory tower stuff. But those studies, by and large, were not done with your particular community, your particular program and structure in mind. So it's, it's very important, in addition to looking at the published research, um, to look at you know what's happening in our own communities and get original data that no one else has ac access to. And one of the ways you can do that is to develop your own internal surveys and give those to your clients and other stakeholders. And another way to glean information is through statistical analysis. So this can be analysis of the internal data that you collect in addition to the analysis of data that is publicly available. And together, those will give you a, a really good sense for what some of the trends are and you can be able to make some pretty good decisions. Another way to get original information is to conduct interviews, interviews with key stakeholders such as clients and partners, board members, etc. And you might consider doing group interviews or focus groups so that you can make the process go a little bit easier and so that you can give comfort you know, or additional comfort to people who might not um, be inclined to, to speak as, as much or be as forthcoming one-on-one. -on -one. So you want to look at internal organization data again, which includes data from the people as well as your statistical data and surveys, and then again, looking at external. And speaking of external data, never, never underestimate the importance of information you get from informal discussions with people. This can be your employees, this can be clients, this can be board members, this can be partners, it can be elected officials. All of that stuff together can be synthesized to help you make informed decisions that will also help you respond to the marketplace. So you want to ask yourself a set of guiding questions. For example, given your research, you know, this is a hard one. Is your organization still necessary? Are your programs still necessary? Are the way you're approaching the market, you know, are those methods still relevant? What services will you provide? How can you differentiate yourself from the masses? What resources will you need 
in order to carry out your mission. And speaking of mission, your mission is your big why. Why does your organization exist? Why does it do what it does? Given what's going on in the local marketplace, what should your mission be? Obviously, if you're just starting out, this is the time to start writing the mission statement. And again, you want to make sure your mission statement has been done after after your community assessment and not before. Because you want to make sure that your mission is informed by the marketplace. The same thing if you're existing. You know, every now and then you need to check your mission statement and see if it's still relevant. And if the mission is still relevant, you want to make sure that the methods that you're using to achieve that mission are not out of date. So every now and then you want to check your current mission statement to make sure it still makes sense. And then you want to make sure that your programs and services that you're using to carry out your mission are still relevant to the people. And obviously, with the mission comes vision. Your vision is how you expect the environment to look over the long term, and especially as a result of your organization's work. Assuming that your organization, you know, is working itself out of business, and they did everything that it set out to do, and there's no more need for the organization, what would the community look like? What condition will the community be in? How will your clients look? What will have changed for the clients? And something that's very important but often overlooked are your core values. Your core values are the fundamental beliefs of a person or an organization and they guide the way the organization approaches its mission vision, programs, services, and product development. So in short, your core values guide everything that the organization does. They help organizations to know right from wrong. How do they help them to know? You know, Because at the beginning, your core values kind of determine the boundaries and what's right and what's wrong. Core values can help organizations determine if they're on the right path and if they're fulfilling their business goals. And then they are those absolute values and they create an unwavering and unchanging guide. So if you find yourself wavering or or weighing a, a very um, critical matter, you know, you have to make a really hard decision. You always want to go to your core values to guide you as to, you know, which way to go and how to go about it. Organizations that deviate from their mission, vision, and core values tend to struggle a little bit more or sometimes a lot more depending on how much they deviate from, you know, from their mission, vision, and core values. They tend to struggle more than those organizations that remain focused. And remember, it, it's hard enough in this day and age for an organization to raise money and to find the capacity to deliver the services that are necessary when they're focused. It's that much harder when you lose sight of your mission, vision, and core values. So 
after you've done an assessment of the external environment, it's time to actually do an assessment of the internal environment. And that includes things like leadership, your board, um, your programs, your management systems, your financial systems, fundraising, personnel, and networking. So I'm going to start with leadership and then I'll come back to the other seven points. And I want to spend a little bit more time on leadership because leadership is more important. And when we talk about leadership, it, we're not necessarily talking just about you know, skills and competency, we're also talking about those intangible things. And one of the most important intangibles is trust. You know, I was doing some reading from Gordon Treadgold, and Gordon Treadgold is an international authority on leadership. And one of the articles that he wrote, uh, which I thought was really, really interesting, is, you know, without trust, there is no leadership. Trust is the glue that binds leaders and followers together, and trust helps build loyalty, and it helps build strong bonds that will encourage followers to take on difficult tasks and go the extra mile and achieve amazing results. And I think we've all been there. You know, we've been in situations where we have followed people because we had to, We didn't necessarily like them, but we had to do a job. And then we've been in environments where we went the extra mile because we really, really had deep respect and trust of the leadership. So the deeper the trust goes, the higher people will jump, so to speak, for the leader. And when we look at leadership, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And you cannot influence people unless they trust you. Trust is much more complex than it seems, however. And in order to believe in organizational leadership, stakeholders must believe that leadership cares before they care to know whether they're competent. And competency only takes a leader so far. You can have failures and skills But it's very hard to overcome leadership failures that involve character issues. Things like transparency, openness, fairness, honesty, and caring. And when we look at trust, you know, again, trust is much more complex than it seems. You know, trust can be divided into two major parts. The first part is character and those things that let us know whether or not a leader or leadership, you know, in plural, whether or not a leader or leadership in plural of an organization actually care. So these things would be intent and integrity. Those are the components of character. And then we break out the character issues. We look at things like caring, transparency, and openness. These speak to a leader's or leadership's intent. And then also under character is integrity. Those are things like honesty, fairness, and authenticity. And these things together, again, let us know whether or not a leader or the leadership of an organization actually cares. And we need to know whether they care 
before we really care how competent they are. So when we look at competency, we're looking at two sides of the coin. On the one side, we're looking at capability, and then we're also looking at things like results. The capability or the ability of a leader or leadership within an organization, you know, that's measured by skill level, level of knowledge, and experience. And then those things taken together can drive results. And the results will drive the reputation and the credibility and performance of an organization. So if the results are positive, that reinforces a positive reputation and that reinforces um, positive credibility or strong credibility, meaning that uh, leadership is reliable. They can be trusted to do what they said that they would do on a consistent basis. And then um, we're also looking at strong performances. But on the flip side of that, if the results are negative, that reinforces a negative reputation, which damages credibility, and then it can lead to poor performance. Either way it goes, you know, you're going to have results, either positive or negative. And all of those things work together to drive an organization. So that's it for leadership. I want to talk about the other seven components of your organizational assessment. I won't spend as much time, but like I said, everything rises and falls on leadership. So I thought it was important to spend some time on that issue and let folks know that it's not just a matter of technical ability, but character counts. And also, when we look at leadership, obviously, your boards are at the top, followed by your executive management, followed by other department heads and middle management, and it flows all the way down. And regardless of what position we hold, whether it's a receptionist all the way up to the board chairman, everyone exercises leadership. And now we want to talk about the board. The board as you know, sets the strategic direction of an organization. And it's important that the board not only be capable um, and have capacity or the ability to, to actually help the organization fulfill its mission, but they should be willing to share their resources with the organization to propel it for it. They should also be diverse in terms of skill set they should be diverse in terms of their thinking. You, you don't want an insular group where it's one or two people from the same organization or same groups of organizations, you know, with, with no outside influence. And, you know, that's a recipe for stagnation, and the organization will not grow as quickly as it could. You also know that the board is responsible for strategic planning and positioning itself or positioning the organization for changes in the environment. Um, I want to remind our listeners that you are listening to Nonprofit You, and today's topic is Nonprofit Sustainability.